Hello to my fellow humans with true crime obsessions. Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I'm Michelle, the crime obsessed dog mom with the co-host, not at my feet, still upstairs giving my husband some snuggles about a week out from his surgery now. Uh, Today we're going to take a look at an insane survival story of this truly badass lady named Mary Vincent. Without further ado, let's go. are back at it welcome back everyone so excited for episode five i can't believe we've already been doing this for over a month uh today we're not actually going to be focusing on the death of someone per se but truly like i said a super badass woman she went through probably literally the scariest thing ever and she still came out on the other side obviously with a lot of trauma but she came out the other side alive and thriving in whatever way you can after a crazy scenario as this. So the cat is out of the bag. I told the people. So earlier this week, uh, I'm in an employee resource group at work and uh, we were talking about some different developmental things to do in July. And I was talking about maybe doing a podcast for one of the courses that I facilitate at work. And someone was like, oh yeah, you have a really good podcast voice. And I was like, well, funny you say that. And then I kind of talked about this for a little bit. And then I was like, is that my sign? I did say like after a month, I'd tell everyone. So I use that as my sign to tell everyone. So I posted it on my social medias, my personal social medias, and I had such a good response. And my friends were so supportive and so sweet. And they shared it on their personal Facebooks and they followed and blew up my TikTok and, and blew up my Instagram and my, uh, and my, Twitter and everything. So thank you to those, you know who you are. Um, uh, they, they were just so nice. And, and even one of the people that my friend sent it to, she even commented that I have a good podcast voice. So I guess that kind of makes me, makes me feel kind of good since, you know, I've mentioned that I don't really like my voice all that much, which is funny to do a podcast. And um, as long as no one says I have a face for radio, that would be great. Um, I I don't think that that is, (laughs) that's true. Uh, But yeah, so cats out of the bag. I'm really happy that people know my numbers have gone up. Uh, I actually even put it on my personal LinkedIn, because that's a good way to kind of like spread the spread the news. So like I said, everybody's been so supportive. My downloads have gone up. Uh, everything. And even my friend, the one that she ended up sharing with on her personal Facebook, I had a couple people do it. She, uh, was said on Spotify that she actually had seen that. Like it was like as a suggested to her. And I was like, no way. That's so cool. Uh, so it's cool to see that people are seeing it and uh, we're growing and it, it's cool. I'm totally content, to be honest with you, if it just stays small. And even if, you know, it's just like 10 people <laughs> that listen every week. If I can be cool and be that person that they listen to, uh, that's really awesome to me. And uh, I just I thank everybody, you know, it's it's a really cool experience. And I'm happy. It's making me happy. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what matters. And but yeah, so let's let's get into the case. All right, like so I had mentioned, this is a survival case. Wild, I 
Don't know if I could have done it, but I guess you don't really know what you could do until you're in one of those situations. And I hope no one is ever in this situation ever. But so like I have said, her name is Mary Vincent. Uh, She grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, here in the U.S. Her parents both worked um, at casinos. Her mom was a blackjack dealer and her, uh, her dad was a like machine repairman. So he helped like with the machines at the casinos. Not atypical for teenagers. She often skipped school, you know, and and took ended up actually like ended up taking off with her boyfriend at some point. Um, I never skipped school, but maybe maybe uh, maybe that's more common than I thought. Uh, so she took off with her boyfriend. She lived with him for a summer, but she ended up coming home. He got picked up by the police on some sexual assault charges. So she was like, no way, Jose, and ended up uh, leaving. And her parents were kind of going through like a pretty messy divorce at this time too, which was a a cause for that runaway. Her end goal was Corona, California. And that's where her, her grandpa was. And that's just outside Los Angeles, uh, in California. So Mary decided to hitchhike to California. I don't feel like hitchhiking is that off or that common nowadays. But back in, you know, the 70s, that's something that people did more often. So she decided to hitchhike. She sat on the side of a road. There was a couple other people um, that were hitchhiking as well. So somebody rolled up. His name is Lawrence Singleton. He slowed his van down and picked her up uh, on the, the in the morning of September 29th, 1978. Um, said he only had one spot <laughs> for people in his van. But like he was in a van, so definitely probably had more spots. So I feel like that should have been red flag number one. The other hitchhikers that were with her were like, uh, you should not go with him. Stay here with us. Um, but she was desperate. She wanted to get, you know, to California. So she went with him. Uh, he was a merchant. Lawrence was a merchant seaman by trade. Uh, and then at, once he found Mary, told her, you know, with a kind smile that he had a daughter, you know, just same age. So he kind of seemed like this nice, kind, older gentleman that there was like the illusion of trust. Uh, he said that she, he was also headed uh, to Reno, which is in Nevada, but was ha- very happy to change course so that she could end up in, in LA. And even though her destination uh, was just out the, cause it was like, it's right on the outskirts of the city. And, you know, she was, he was like a family man, this meaner, like, she why would she you know why would she question it she should have questioned it if i'm being honest she should have all right so they're they're in the van they're traveling they're doing their thing um you know despite this like facade that he's got going on like i said he's middle-aged he apparently had quite a temper and was a misogynist which if we're being honest I'm not surprised. And right around the time that he had picked up Mary, he's going through like a a divorce with his second wife and his relationship, even though he said, hey, I got a daughter your age. It was a very bad relationship. It was strained. And they had fought, you know, earlier that year and they never really reconciled. Uh, In the past, he'd been convicted of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. And he had a history of alcohol abuse as well. You know, Mary got into this van. She thought this was this guy was like a family man. She didn't realize how unstable this man was. So Mary lit up a cigarette pretty 
shortly after she got in the car with Lawrence, she sneezed and he reached over to feel her neck, asking if she was sick. What? You th- what? If somebody reached over, grabbed my neck, get off me. I'm out. No way. Absolutely not. Who? Is that how you ask if somebody's sick? You just touching them? No. So she did, obviously. I don't feel like anybody would really appreciate that physical contact. So she pulled out of the reach and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right? So she ended up falling asleep, right? After that weird ass hand on throat situation. And she woke up, right? And they were way off course. Driving, they were driving back towards Nevada, not towards California, which is to the West. She was obviously scared, angry. I'd be pissed too. And so she found like this sharp stick thing. I, I read somewhere that it was like a, um, what was it called? Uh, like a yardstick or something, but I could be wrong. It just, she was essentially had a sharp stick. There was a sharp stick. And that's just another red flag, if, I, if I'm being honest. And she pointed at Lawrence. She said, hey, you know, turn around. What the hell are you doing? And, you know, she take me where I'm supposed to go. So he obviously was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And apologized and then reassured was like, oh, I'm just an honest man. And I made a mistake. She, being 15 years old, thought, hey, he's remorseful. They kept going. So once again, she thinks he's remorseful. They keep driving nothing crazy right well he ends up stopping the van to go to the bathroom which is not too sus but she got out too got stretch your legs blah 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 so she leaned down tie her shoe as she's out stretching her legs and this mofo struck her from behind by surprise he beat her across the back of the head and punching her until she fell And then, gross, he forced his penis into her mouth and told her to perform oral sex or she would die. Then he dragged her to the back of the van and sexually assaulted her. I don't know if I really want to say the word raped or sexually assaulted. I hear a lot of different podcasts say sexually assaulted or some say raped. I don't know the best way to do it. If you have feedback, I think sexual assault is what I'm going to try to stick with. But if I say both, they're both horrible, obviously. And he told her, don't scream or he'll kill her and to obey if she wanted to live. So he bound her hands behind her and drove for a little while. Uh, eventually he came to a stop, cut her hands free, and ordered her to drink some like weird alcoholy thing from a plastic jug. She obviously, it was obviously not alcohol. It was something like to knock her out. She was real woozy and confused. And unfortunately, he continued to sexually assault her until she ended up passing out. And so she ended up regaining consciousness. He was still there. He ordered her to lie on the edge of the road and she pleaded with him like, bro, let me go. Like, let me be free. Remember, she's only 15. She's just a little kid. I mean, I understand she's a teenager, but I like to think that they're just little. They're just tiny and it's sad. Uh, And so he goes, "Uh, you want to be free? I'll set you free. 
And then so he goes up back into his van real quick to get something. And he has a freaking hatchet. She struggled hard and to get away from him. And she was held down by him. And he cut her arm off with a hatchet. Cut her right arm off. Boom. She screamed, obviously. And he moved to her other arm and severed it right below the elbow. So he cut both of her arms off. What the shit? (laughs) And then being the horrible, disgusting, needs to burn in the deepest pit of hell, shoved her naked and bleeding body down into like this embankment area. Like I've seen some big images and stuff and not of her. Um, But in like, it's just like this little area that pretty much he left her to die. And it was like a concrete pipe. That's what it is. Like a concrete pipe. And it was like, okay, now you're free. He left her there. And she was pretty much dying, right? So somehow she ended up regaining consciousness. Dire state, right? She had both of her arms cut off. She is naked in an embankment and badass. She had some kind of will in her to stay alive. And so she's at the bottom of this ravine. She's obviously bleeding profusely because both of her arms got cut off and she's alone and she's naked. She willed herself to not fall asleep because she knew that more than likely she probably would not have woken up. And she ended up like stuffing the stumps of where her arms were with mud to stop the bleeding, which is just like insane to me for you to have like the awareness to be like, hey, I need to stop this bleeding to then like stuff mud and to get the bleeding to stop. Um, she followed, there's some sounds, right? She's right off the highway. That's where it all happened. She followed those sounds and kind of raised her arms up so that the bleeding would stop. And, you know, pretty much, which is kind of gross, but to, so that her arm muscles would stay inside her body, inside her arms. So she literally climbed up like the side of this like ravine embankment area without arms. I 100% could barely do that with arms. I guarantee it. So she's insane badass, right? And I read that her her motivation to like just keep at it and to survive, she didn't want this to happen to anyone else. And so she's following, she's getting up this this embankment and upon she got to the freeway by a miracle and the first people that spotted her they sped away like they saw her she's bleeding she's naked and her arms have been cut off i mean i can't blame them and she didn't blame them either like she ended up coming out later and was like i didn't blame them for doing that like it had to have been very just i mean crazy to come across something like that you wouldn't know what to do and you never know what how you're going to react when you see something like like that so a second couple, uh, they were on vacation. They ended up stopping to help her and they wrapped her up in some like linen, some sheets and stuff that were in the back of their car and they ended up going to an airport. That's where they ended up calling an ambulance and we're in the seventies, right? So there's no like cell phones. And so they ended up having to go to the airport to get that 911. So thankfully it was closed and she was able to get some help. And the whole time they were on their way to the airport waiting for help, all she kept saying was he raped me, he raped me, he raped me. 
So after the attack, Mary was resilient, provided law enforcement with a super detailed description of uh, Lawrence, and people immediately recognized him. So that, good, good. I'm happy that people recognized him. Um, And it was actually his neighbor that uh, recognized the sketch and reported it to the police. And the police went to Lawrence's house. They found the burnt clothes, uh, found burnt clothes, and they ended up actually being Mary's burnt clothes. And with the help of the, um, he ended up cleaning his van out, which would have had like all the blood and, and the bad stuff from her, her, him cutting her arms off. So he enlisted his poor neighbor without probably, the neighbor was probably oblivious or just an idiot for helping, um, and, you know, had cleaned the carpeting and, and the van out. So they finally got his ass, thankfully, and she testified against him, which is like, like I tell you, badass, right? Bad ass to go and face that man. And, you know, uh, Lawrence said that there were two other hitchhikers with him, which is obviously a lie because he said he only had room for one and that they had stopped at a bar and smoked some dope and then paid to have sex with her. And he said he, Lawrence, claimed that he passed out and that one of the other hitchhikers had driven the van and he just assumed that Mary was gone and, you know, because he saw her clothes in the car and he just called her a $10 a night whore. So he's just full of shit. And I'm probably cussing more in this episode than I have in others, but this one just like really makes me upset. So hopefully you're not offended. And if you are, I'm sorry, but it's just who I am as a person. So despite everything, she stood up in front of the court, pointed at, you know, she had at this point like hooked prosthetic arms at him and would only refer to him as her attacker and declared in a very firm voice that he did this to her. And then even after testifying, she was leaving the courtroom. She, uh, Lawrence whispered to her, I'll finish this job if it takes the rest of my life. So she ended up hightailing it out of there because he's just harassing her. Because of the laws at the time that were kind of unfortunately pretty lenient, um, he received a concurrent sentences only totaling 14 years for sexual assault, attempted murder, and sex offenses. That was the maximum allowed, 14 years for leaving this girl for dead, cutting her arms off, repeatedly sexually assaulting her. He deserved everything to be thrown at him. And unfortunately, he only got 14 years. So being the horrible human that he is, he ended up suing her because he said that he was the victim. So he just said that he's not guilty, which is obviously that's just how you say it. You say you're not guilty, you're not guilty. So he said he remembered that Mary threatened to accuse him of sexual assault and that he had bandished a stick at him. So essentially like that short, sharp stick after he had like touched her on the neck and stuff. So he decided that that was the reason he became violent and maintained that this mistreatment um, from the courts, it, he just filed a complaint suing her for forcible kidnap for purposes of robbery. Like robbery. What? No. His suit obviously never gained any traction and courts were like bruh no so they dismissed it uh so of the 14 years that he was sentenced he only served eight and four months of that sentence which is bullshit and so his own daughter deborah the one that he had that that bad relationship with spoke at length about the nature of his of her father and what he was like as a father when she found out he was getting out she also fled and hid and asked law enforcement like hey 
is there any way we can keep him behind bars longer? Like, he's dangerous. And, you know, considering that he had used his status as a father to lure, essentially, right? He said, oh, I have a daughter like you, too. He, that's how he got Mary in the car. It made sense. And in her own words, she said, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to keep him in longer. And I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry. I mean, this quite sarcastically. I tell you he's a danger. I said that before the first crime, I've changed my name multiple times and I'm moving across state lines. And you suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within 300 feet of me. Like, end quote. Um, Yeah, please give him exactly my location and tell him to not come by me. Because that's going to work, right? And so his sentence was a total joke. He didn't deserve to get out. He was clearly a vile man. And he would do it again. And come to find out. He was, we were all right. She was right. He would do it again. Spoiler alert. So he ended up getting out. He, he moved back to Florida. And because surprise, surprise, the people in California didn't want him in their neighborhoods. He heard this horrible person. They heard this horrible person. They're like, no, he's not about to live with us. And I know some stuff happened with his family. It was a mess. So he ended up going to Florida he was arrested for petty theft in 1990. He was sentenced for a couple of years, only served a fraction of the time. Again, surprise, surprise. And then a couple of years after he was released, he lured a young prostitute by the name of Roxanne Hayes to his home and he attacked her. And there was a guy in like the neighborhood, a painter, and he happened to look over and see a naked man covered in blood stabbing a woman. He... And, you know, he uh, stayed there. He got a hold of the police. They arrived. And he, like, answered the door. Lawrence did. Covered in blood. Roxanne lying on the floor dead. Like, he did not care. And she had been s- stabbed several times in the torso. And, and she was a mother. She had she had a couple kids. Just horrible. So this time he was convicted of murder and sentenced to the death penalty. She, Mary, actually flew to Florida to testify against him. Though... She said it was hard, but she had to do it for her and she had to do it for Roxanne, which is very noble. Um, He ended up dying, unfortunately, in 2001 from cancer. So obviously Mary got like some closure, but he deserved to be, it just, it makes me so upset that cancer, I hope it was like the worst kind of cancer and he suffered because he's a horrible human that deserved to, to suffer. And so, I don't know. Mary was angry and sad because she feels like his, or Roxanne's um, murder was 100% preventable because it was. If he had just stayed in there and laws were more like strict, he wouldn't have gone out. She wouldn't have died in the way she did to him. Like, what? So that just is really frustrating. Mary has obviously gone through a ton of trauma, is going through a lot to recover. She ended up getting married, unfortunately later got divorced. Uh, Her trauma obviously caused years of stress, depression. She has a couple of kids, a couple boys, um, but her life has ended up starting to get better. She began to heal and establish closer relationships with her family. 
after healing because sometimes you just got to heal before you can really reestablish those relationships even with her prosthetic arms and not having arms she paints and draws and sketches apparently art has really bought her a lot of joy as well as a new direction in her life and some of her works are actually valued at like over two thousand dollars and she's just mostly happy and she's moved past and most people you know she says most people know me because of who i am not what happened to me they just assume that i was born this way so i guess there is a little bit of i guess i don't know what the right word for it is but there's a sense of relief that people don't know what happened to her because i feel like sometimes when people know about other people's trauma they treat them differently if they just think that that's how she was born they might not try to treat her any kind of different way because of her trauma well like i told you she didn't die unfortunately he did have a sec another victim and i'm sure that he did this to other people too if i'm being honest with you like you don't just end up killing and cutting someone like a girl's arms off like you don't so i wouldn't be surprised if other situation he was a bad dude and i'm happy that mary survived truly a survivor total badass like that's all i can say is i don't know if i would have been able to, to do what she did but i mentioned you never know what you're gonna you can do until you're in a situation i hope no one is ever in that situation but it's just it's crazy and i'm happy that she lived and she healed from her trauma to whatever degree you can heal from having your arms cut off. It's just something that I think we hitchhiking is bad. Don't get into cars with, with strangers, which is funny because right. We do have Uber and all of that stuff, but I don't know. It just makes me, it's very scary. <laughs> Please don't hitchhike. And it's, it's just dangerous. <laughs> well, that's kind of it. That's all we got. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm happy. Like I said, I'm, I'm really trying to make these episodes as close to 30 minutes as possible. Just because I feel like they're just a little bit more digestible. Um, open to your feedback as always. If you have any uh, cases or stories. I know I had one. Um, somebody had suggested. So I'm going to definitely look at that. And then also the Girl Scout murders. Um, a recent thing came out. I think it's on Hulu with, uh, what's her name? Christian, uh, Kristen Chenoweth. She was apparently like supposed to be, I think that's her name. I think. I'm, deb I'm debating my whole life right now. But I think, yeah, I think that's her name. Kristen uh, Chenoweth. She was supposed to be on that trip with those girls. And she could have been a victim. So I was thinking because that's something that's kind of pretty, it's very sad. And I really would prefer to not talk about children dying because of what happened earlier this week at Robb Elementary in Texas. There was another mass shooting. Bunch of... Ugh, makes my heart... It makes me want to cry. Just a bunch of little kids and their teachers and dead. A senseless 18-year-old boy just went in there and killed them and tortured them and... I don't know. It just makes me so sad. So I prefer not to talk about little kids dying, but I think this is something that's relevant right now in, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, with the Girl Scout murder. So that might be something that I 
cover next week. I'll see how I'm feeling. Uh, this week has just been so sad. It's hard to, you can't get on any kind of social media without seeing it. And it just breaks my heart because I used to be a teacher and I had those thoughts of how would I get these kids out of this classroom. And I told them all the time, I told my kids, I was like, when we have these drills and stuff, we're going to do what they tell us. But if it's not a drill, I'm going to yeet you out the windows. And we are going to fight. We are not going to sit here. And I would have given my life for any of those kids. Any, any one of them. Because I love them like, as if they were my own. And it's just, and I'm sure that's what the two of those teachers did. And it just, it really breaks my heart. And I hope that change comes to this country. I'm, I'm sick of the thoughts and prayers. That's obviously not doing anything. There has to be some change. And like this weekend, probably after this, it'll be after this episode, it comes out, but like they're having the NRA in Texas. So annoying. Like I understand the second amendment, but something has to change because people cannot be having some ARs. They can't have ARs and shooting up little kids. Like, this is, how are we not learning? And I could go on forever, and that's not what this episode's about, but it's just, it's very sad, and it's not how I wanted to end this episode, but I think it's important that we talk about it. It's, It's very sad, it's tragic, and something has to change. And I, hopefully there's a little bit more updates next week, and hopefully there's, I have people, the government, the Congress, something, They do something, and hopefully I can talk more about that next week. But unfortunately, as we know, things don't change. We just give them thoughts and prayers. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. But like I said, I appreciate you all coming out. I I got a couple episodes planned out for the next couple weeks. And um, I appreciate it. All my source materials for this episode are in the show notes. I thank you so, 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 so much to everybody that has been listening to those that are new, those that are coming back. Uh, I appreciate it. We only can grow when you share and tell people about it. Uh, I'm going to continue to publish episodes on Sundays. Check me out on Instagram, Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, Twitter at CO Dog Mom Podcast, TikTok at CO Dog Mom Podcast. You can pretty much just search Crime Obsessed Dog Mom and find me. Uh, Thanks again. Please be kind to each other. I do truly appreciate your support. Stay true, crime obsessed. Love on your animals. And be kind. Kind to each other. Please. The world needs more kindness. And I don't know how to spread more kindness. Just be kind. Do better. Support those. Reach out if you need help. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.